Tell me everything. Hey. I'm just going to listen, and I just want to... Hey, you know. man. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, I have not cried like that in a while. Man. Oh, shoot. Jeez. Uh, that's the story. I just, I mean, I know we just met, but I feel I like... I mean, you got, like, I don't normally share stuff like that with people. I, I don't either. Wow. And it just felt very natural to, to bear my soul and hold hands for a few minutes. Not awkwardly, but, yeah. you know, in a very manly sort of way. Well, I think you made me feel safe to kind of open up about yeah. I'll start again. Oh man, I'm glad we're not filming yet because I definitely never cry yeah. on this show in the middle of recording. <sighs> well, I mean, we could always we could cut that part out. All right, we'll definitely we cut, that, definitely out. cut right, that part out. What are we talking about? This week's episode of the show is brought to you by Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism Conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart Let's get started What do you do when you doubt everything you've grown up believing And everything that you found certainty in? What do you do when you find yourself at war inside of yourself Between what you want to do and with what you're actually doing? What was the last thing that you created? Was it any good? Did anyone else think it was any good? Did anyone else even notice? Did you enjoy creating it? These are all questions we're gonna wrestle with. Today to the show, I am welcoming Edmund Mitchell, which I know some of you will know, some of you may not, but he is somewhat of a godfather in the Catholic creatives movement, which is how I first got connected with Awaken Catholic and started Pop Culture Catechism. So this is our first time meeting in real life, but we've been communicating online for a few years. I feel like I know you very well because I've listened to your podcast, I've watched your shows, and I have been a fan of the many things uh, that you have created. So today's episode is just... Edmund's playlist. We're going to listen to a couple songs and talk about a couple songs that he really loves, talk about a song that I love, some songs that probably aren't that popular, but we think that you should really know and have some great themes that we're going to talk about. If you don't know who I am, my name is Mike Tenney. I'm the host of Pop Culture Catechism. I am a Catholic speaker and worship leader out of Washington, D.C. I spent over a decade doing Catholic high school theology and Catholic education and also trying to make it big as a rock star at night. And now I'm blessed to speak to thousands of people each year as part of this show and through various speaking gigs all over the place. This show is Pop Culture Catechism, the gospel according to pop music and movies, where we take the media that you're plugged into and talk about the gospel themes that we find in them. So then when we unplug and we put away our phones and we put away our iPads and laptops, we can actually go out in the real world and know God's love and live God's love and interact with those around us with that love in a better way. So by the end of this episode, not only will you hopefully have a better appreciation for some new music, but you'll also have some tangible ways that you can live the gospel and know God's love in your own life. I want to give a special thank you to our patrons who make this show pop, who make this show possible and maybe popular too. <laughs> through popculturecatechism.com. I want to welcome to the show as he has welcomed me to his studio, Edmund Mitchell. Oh, it's so good to be here it's, on your show in my studio. Yeah, and it's great great to finally meet you I in know. person. You look just as talented in person as you do online. Thank you. You look way more denim in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think through the denim. For those of you listening at home, I look like uh, Justin Timberlake in the 90s. Yeah, but way better looking. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no macaroni hair. Thank just, you. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So it's it's good. I, I appreciate it. It's I've, cool that he founded Facebook. Did you know that? He named <laughs> Facebook. That's really I, he cool. He did. He did. That's pretty awesome. Um, so... I know who you are. I've been, I, I first found out about you through my friend, Josh Moldes, who runs the Holy Ruckus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were friends with at, uh, yeah. at Franciscan University of Steubenville. And at the time you were doing a bunch of creative, uh, ventures. You were doing this Catholic subscription box called Lumi box, yeah, yeah, yeah. which, which is no longer running. No, as no, I understand. That, was a, that was a business thing for a while, it's, but you were also doing like these pocket catechisms so that people can I like, still do that. You still do that. So I they have like pocket catechism. Yep. You saw one. I was going to let you use it, but it had a hole drilled. Do in they the all have, do they all have holes <laughs> drilled? Do they all have okay. holes drilled in them? That's that was good. for a video. It's another thing. Okay, good. So, uh, you sell pocket catechisms and I've just been a fan of a lot of the things you do. You have a podcast slash YouTube show called the show yeah. and this is the studio This is it. and that show, there was an episode a few years ago when Kanye did his first, uh, like gospel album Oh yeah, yeah. and you and Kyle like reviewed it. And I remember that was like right before my show started. And I was like, this is a really cool idea. I could, I could do a whole show like this. So like, and I'm in so some glad ways, you did. Yeah. I'm so, so you, glad you, did. you guys were, uh, Kind of a bit of in, one of my inspirations for starting pop culture catechism was that episode. So go oh, back, go back humbled. to the, sh the show archives and listen to the Kanye episode. Humbled, yeah. Um, and there's a number of 
Well, and the big thing that you're doing right now, which I just think is is awesome, is you're doing this real and true project, which mm-hmm. is basically breaking down the catechism of the Catholic Church in video form. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so um, Emily Edmundo and I uh, met at a Catholic Creatives mm-hmm. Summit, and um, they are really, really good at content. And, you know, they work in the communications department in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And also we're in, really influenced by the Bible Project, which is animated explainer videos of the Bible. Yeah, they're really good. And then we thought, could we bring something like that to the Catholic Church? I had had, I, I had been falling in love with the catechism and and we kind of all three together kind of made this, I came up with this idea of like, what if we could unlock the catechism for the modern world through these like animated, you know, through modern communication methods through social media, video, you know, YouTube videos and stuff like that. And so that started the project. It's a project, excuse me, funded by uh, our Sunday visitor. Mm -hmm. And so it's free to the world. It's translated in multiple languages and uh, it's cool. It's crazy that I get to work on that full time. That's fantastic. Yeah. I've worked a little bit with Emily through Grotto. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I first, that that was one of the first times I worked with Mm -hmm. her, like in a professional capacity. Yeah. That's awesome. I made shout out to Emily. Yeah. And and it was from Mm -hmm. this podcast. Like I made some little, I like reviewed something and she mm-hmm. sponsored like a little segment. Oh, Grotto, that's cool. Grotto sponsored that's it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, so if you, if you like pop culture catechism, <laughs> you'll like real plus true, uh, maybe even more it's it's, and you guys have just gotten through like the first quarter of the catechism, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first pillar of four and, um, and then we're going to be starting publishing pillar two. So that's awesome. I mean, I'm so glad that your podcast exists because it's exactly in the spirit of what, like, what we believe, which mm-hmm. is like the catechism, you know, there's a quote where Pope Benedict said the future, the future reset or the full reception of the catechism in the church is still way ahead of us. Mm. And I think it's, it's think it shows like yours. It's like people being inspired by it and not being like, Oh, this is a textbook. Yeah. Like I always just refer to this when I need it. It's like be inspired from that and then yeah. make something like, mm-hmm. like your show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, yeah, I've often thought the the catechism was something that people just needed to dive into more. It's this great teaching tool. Um, Thirty years old, just had its thirtieth yeah. anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So the, there's been lots of catechisms through the history of the church, but uh, it's like, yeah, an it awesome exists. One. I really, yeah, I think it's like the greatest gift the church has given mm-hmm. us in like a couple centuries. Like, yeah, yeah so. Very cool. And also just uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is I just feel like so many people I've, I've met through my show and just met online through Catholic creatives have pointed to you in some way as like an influence, uh, you know, the kick in the butt <laughs> uh, sounding board, like uh, Anthony D'Ambrosio, who's the founder of Catholic creatives. We had him on our Blink-182 episode. He talked about how you were one of the first people at that first Catholic creatives meeting. I think, and, I think um, I'm also, well, I think a lot of these people, I'm going to try to make me seem not as important. Like, I think I'm just a big cheerleader. Yeah. Like, okay. like if someone gets around me, I'm like, you should do that. Yeah. You should, you should really do it. Like well, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. a lot of people do that. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like Ali Hoffman, who's been on your yeah, show for yeah, a while, yeah. I've heard Connor Flanagan talk about how you were one of the first people to hire him like out of town. Oh yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan O'Hara on the better preach podcast. He was saying you, mm-hmm. you had kind of given him that encouragement. Yeah. Um, I know Josh from the Holy Ruckus, you know, you were on one of his first guests, Liv Harrison, you helped her set up her studio, you know, and, and we could probably go on. There's lots of people who you have been kind of that cheerleader for, or you did something that, like made me think, oh, I could do a whole show about that. So I just, I feel like in a lot of ways, you are the godfather of the Catholic creatives movement. In a lot oh, of ways. thanks. Yeah. So just thanks for, thanks for your yes, which has inspired and allowed so many of the rest of us to Yeah, of say course, yes. man. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's humbling to hear. Good. Well, is not, not everyone do I trust with like making a whole show around their playlist. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew when you suggested this stuff, I was like, all right, this is going to be good. Let's get into it. Okay. So, so tell me, these are both bands that you suggested to me yes. that I was not really familiar with. I think I'd heard of one of them, but so, uh, tell, tell me about these bands just a, a smidge. Okay. Real quick. Uh, the collection is a group of people. I think in one, or one of their albums, I mean, I think they have like a 25, member ensemble during some of the bands and we were listening to some of it there's like i mean trumpets and Mm -hmm. trombones and like a lot of different instruments in it uh and it's one of these this is pretty popular now it didn't used to be as popular Mm. maybe 10 years ago but it's like you know i think you said it best like we're not a christian band we're band that happens to be christian kind of thing christians in a band Yeah. yeah and so but the other thing that caught me uh with this band that i really appreciate is oftentimes christian songs don't really lean too far into the struggle of Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, I don't know, maybe there's an argument against that. Um, and likewise, the other band, Penny and Sparrow, the uh, just a two-man band, um, and they got really big just singing on YouTube, just singing some songs. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, one of the guys, the main singer uh, was uh, in Young Life. He was like okay. a Young Life minister, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. for a long time. And then um, they started just making music and 
that song as well, like some, some of their lyrics and stuff. I mean, he's very well read, like mm-hmm. really reads classics and like, um, really loves Les Mis and, and oh, Chesterton. And, yeah. um, so anyway, so two bands that, you know, yeah, I was trying to bring something a little unique here and something a little off maybe the beaten path, but I, I think, yeah, there's people that know about these. Yeah. They're getting more and more popular. No, that's good because sometimes I think maybe I shouldn't be doing three and four episodes on Taylor Swift. <laughs> maybe I should be branching out yeah. a little bit more. So if you like those, if you like Beyonce and Billie Eilish and Ed Sheeran, we got lots of episodes about them, but we're going to, we're going to do a deeper dive into some slightly lesser known bands here. Um, these guys remind me a lot of, do you ever listen to the Oh Hellos? Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah, have yeah. a similar vibe. So if you like they, the Oh Hellos. They have some yeah. stompy clappy vibes mm-hmm. to them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like kind of that big ensemble. Yeah. Lots yeah, of yeah. dynamics. Very, very quiet. And then very, very loud. Yeah. Yeah. Acoustic. Where'd that trumpet come from? And exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first song, yeah. Let's do. Do you it. want to cover the doubtful one? Yeah, the doubtful one. I like this one a lot. So I, I love this one. So. Dear brother Thomas, did you walk away from Jesus, wondering if it was all a dream? Did all your doubts creep back and tell you that your fingers hadn't ever touched a single thing? Cause I have read that story so many times where you healed that man and he could see perfectly again. But in between it reads that all he saw were men as trees. And that's all that seems to cloud my vision Cause all the friends I have Have never ever ever met you Does that mean that they deserve to die? But I heard once that you came here As love for all of us And not to pull the wood from out of our eyes so um, he's basically talking about, it starts with him talking to Thomas. So the doubting apostle, Thomas, doubting the apostle Thomas. Yep. and he said, did you walk away from Jesus wondering if it was all a dream? And I just love from the very first line, he's talking about this idea that, that even in the most supernatural experience, even in the most miraculous, even witnessing Jesus directly with your own eyes mm-hmm. there's always room for doubt there's always this this po- because we have free will there's always this possibility for doubt and he goes he, it's just beautiful the way he talks about this did all your doubts creep back and tell you that your fingers hadn't ever touched a single thing because i've read so many times where you healed that man and he could see perfectly again but in between it reads that all he saw were men as trees and that's all that seems to cloud my vision so he's talking about this time that jesus heals someone possibly not even like there's a story where he's not fully healed Mm -hmm. and um so he's really wrestling with this with this idea and uh i don't know i don't know if i should like stop talking or just like read through the whole thing i don't know how you normally do this let's let's go in a minute um i love that passage from jesus where he like i think it's mark where he like rubs the stuff on the guy's eyes and then he's like what do you see and he's like i see people walking around like trees and he does it again he's like what do you see now it's just very it seems like a very ordinary yeah, a miracle. Like you went to the optometrist and he switches out the yeah. eye lenses. Yeah, like, yeah, What do you better see? Or uh, worse. Better or for worse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Jesus is there with the mud on your <laughs> yeah. eyes. That better or worse? So I think I think it's um I think it lends some like credibility to the gospel because if you were making that up, you wouldn't make Jesus do like a halfway miracle. Yeah. <laughs> like all right, what do you see now? Like and it like makes it very visceral. You and, know. And I think mm-hmm. I think the reason why the Bible, the reason why Christianity has captured the minds and hearts of so many mm-hmm. artistic people. Yes is that it's not always straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's It does have many levels of meaning. It does have mm-hmm. this deeper uh, meaning going on. And like, why? Why would the son of God who comes to earth to heal someone have like a, a, like a multi-step process? Yes. Mm-hmm. Instead of there's other times where he just says, be healed with his words and then they're healed. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that, I mean, I can relate to. I can relate to like wishing that God would just heal me instantly or wishing that God would just free up some challenge instantly. Oh my gosh. And then it's like, why does it, ha- why does there have to be a process here? Why yeah. does this have to be a multi-step process? Yeah. I want it to happen. Like now, not like, like the, the woman who's healed after like 18 years. It's like, really Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. You have to yeah. wait that long. Um, so one of the things I love about the doubting Thomas story is so in the gospel of John, that's not the only like, focus in on Thomas that you get in, in chapter 11 of the gospel of John, Jesus has just raised Lazarus and, um, his disciples, um, 
are like trying to convince him to go like heal Lazarus, heal Lazarus. And Jesus is like not going right away. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, sorry, this is right before he heals Lazarus. And, uh, Jesus is like, all right, for, for your sake, so that you may believe let's, let's go to Lazarus. But he kind of waited too long. Yeah. And Thomas, the one that says, then Thomas called Didymus said to his fellow disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. Ooh. And so you kind of get this early version of Thomas who, when none of the other apostles understand is like, so is going to go die. Let's go down. Let's go you know, do like it. Yeah. Uh, I am down to ride Jesus, whatever you say. Yeah. But then he has this, he's, he's so shaken after the crucifixion that even when several of his friends are saying, we saw the Lord alive, we saw the Lord alive. He's like, no, I need to see it. You know? Yeah. There's almost like a boldness to Thomas. I mean, one way to read Thomas saying, ah, I believe it when I can stick my fingers in his hands mm -hmm. is like a very dismissive, like, yeah, sure. I'll believe mm -hmm. that when I can touch him. But another thing is like the, the audacity to say, <laughs> I want to stick my fingers in Jesus's side. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like kind of the audacity, like if Jesus is alive, he can come here himself mm -hmm. and show me, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like this boldness, like, which I mean, like, I've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Jesus can do something, he better come here he right now and show and me. Make, yeah. you know, Jamie go to the eighth grade dance with me. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think there's something beautiful about that too. Where, like, um, there's been times where in prayer or, or even in spiritual direction and, I, all I could really pray up until that point, like, like the only thing I could really pray, I remember telling someone who I was getting spiritual direction from, I was like, I, I can't pray anything much more than Jesus. If you want to change this, you have to do something. Yes. Like mm -hmm. I have no desire or will to do it. I am struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm deep in the water. Like I can't do it on my own. And I don't even know if I want to do it. Mm. So like Jesus, if you want something to happen, like you need to do something. And I remember my spiritual director saying like, that's fine. Like that's a, that's a prayer. Wow. And I, I, that comes to mind when I hear Thomas going, look, if he wants me to believe, like he's going to have to show up. I yeah. don't know what else to say right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if I can believe it. Yeah. And in some ways it's, it's more honest going back to the song. It's more honest than just saying having blind faith. It's yes. more honest than going, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. I believe it. Like I'm yeah. there. I'm mm -hmm. in. Yeah. And I wonder how deep that blind faith can go. Yeah. You know, like if yeah. you don't ever truly doubt um it, this this second verse caught me where it says my mother she was always working in the yard growing life from your son and from her dirt so i would read those words but nothing ever seemed to grow except my lonely brother's hurt mm. oh holy preacher did you ever think that maybe there is more to life than dying in a pew isn't this whole world just hell enough for all of us do you have to murder them for all the things they do so there's also this doubt not just of god but also for organized religion yeah, like yeah. this preacher is just like telling us how terrible we are and it's like don't we feel terrible enough yeah <laughs> and it's like how like like uh you can imagine a preacher standing next to thomas and just trying to with his words you know kind of kind of substitute his confidence for thomas's mm. doubt or like his faith for thomas's doubt and trying to like force him and in the same way sometimes preachers are like just come to church and be in this pew and let me just force you to fix it. yeah as opposed to you know what, what Jesus often does, which is just be with the sinners where they're at Yes, uh -huh. try to, and then you start getting the curiosity and people coming towards Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, in, uh, before we started, we were looking up a couple of places in the catechism and you, you pointed to, uh, paragraph 30 mm -hmm. and it says, uh, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Cause aren't we all seeking? We're all searching. Although man can forget God or reject him, he never ceases to call every man to seek him so as to find life and happiness. But this search for God demands of man, meaning man and woman, mankind, every effort of intellect, a sound will, an upright heart, as well as the witness of others who teach him to seek God. So I think that's relevant because what you are saying is there's times when we don't feel like we have that will. Mm -hmm. We don't feel like we have the intellect of where to go. We don't feel like we have the support of other people. And it's just like, God, please help me. I often feel like I struggle with when am I just kind of being lazy mm. and like not working to address the issue. And when am I like doing so much that I'm like obsessing and I just need to surrender to God, mm. you know? And I, I feel like this passage here can really help unpack that because we're searching. Okay. Although man can forget God or reject him, God never ceases to call us to find happiness, but the search we need 
to make effort of our intellect. Mm -hmm. We need to sound well and upright heart as well as the witness of others. Like we can't do it alone. Yeah. And so a lot of times when we find that like rock bottom moment of God, I don't feel like I, I can do anything and all those other things are failing. Like we, I think first of all, that cry out to God, he can kind of just like kind of reach out and pull us out of the water. But a lot of times we need to kind of start in one of those areas. All right. An intellect, where do I go? I go to scripture. I go to the mm -hmm. catechism. I need some friends. Maybe I don't have any friends. Maybe, maybe I stand a knock on a door and go talk to a priest yeah. or, um, call up somebody or a parent or counselor. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like there's, there, there can be, uh, error on either side of that. Where, yeah. It's a balance. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. It, it, it really is remind or it's bringing to mind this question, you know, why does someone sin? Mm. Like, why do we sin? And there are so many different reasons for that. There could be, you know, the culpability, there's a spectrum here of culpability. Mm -hmm. There's, I, I know you, we had also talked about a part where it talks about there's ignorance of truth mm. that's either willful or yes. unintentional. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, you know, sin, there's a battle going on inside of us, the good and the bad, right? Like, um, and the, our, our flesh and the spirit. And then, but then it gets really tricky when we start looking at other people. And I think in this song, this person has experienced a, maybe a preacher looking at him and going, I know why you're sinning. Mm. You're sinning because you just are lazy or you just like are choosing not to do what's right. And you mm. know clearly what's right. And he's like, no, I'm struggling with doubt. Yeah. Like I'm struggling to really understand and, and, uh, you know, answering that question is something that only really, really yourself and God can answer. Yes. Why am I sinning? Why is mm -hmm. it, is it, and I think, yeah, only your heart and God can really answer that. Yeah. I want to, I want to come back to that question in a second. Cause I think that's, that's a good jump off into our next song. But, but before we do, I, I think sometimes when people have doubts, they kind of beat themselves up about it. Mm. And I think, uh, the catechism, if we go to 2087, we, this, this can really help a lot of people. Yeah. So, uh, and I think uh, Thomas Aquinas or Augustine, one of those famous doctor of the church <laughs> people said something like you can have a thousand questions and not a single doubt or something mm. like that. And like even the blessed mother, when Jesus, when God shows up and says, Hey, you're going to have Jesus. She says, how can this be? You know, she has mm. this question of wonder, um, yeah. like there's different ways to question. So anyway, the, the catechism in 2087 and following says there's such a thing as involuntary doubt. Um, which is just kind of like you have a hesitation or a difficulty believing or overcoming hesitations and there's voluntary doubt where you disregard or refuse to hold as true what God has revealed in the church proposes. There's also incredulity, which is kind of this just like skeptic skepticism or willful refusal, just kind of like, uh, you know, you kind of almost have like a contempt or resentment yeah. for church authority. Yeah. Um, and then there's heresy, which is like the obstinate denial of faith by a baptized person who's like out there protesting for the church to like change its like, you know, teachings. Yeah. Um, and then there's apostasy, which is, uh, you know, rejecting your faith. And there's um, schism, which is where you like, you start a new church. So there, the church lays out pretty clearly, like, what is a sin? And like, just like having trouble believing or like having some hesitancy in your mind or like some objections come up is not it. Yeah. Like that's, that's not, that's not schism. It's not heresy. It's not even voluntary doubt. Yeah. It's all involuntary. And that can actually be a great foundation from where to build a solid faith. There's a, there was a, um, NPR, I think podcast or something where they were, it, they were talking about belief and mm. doubt. And uh, they interviewed a lot of different types of people and they interviewed Billy Graham's, I think, granddaughter. Mm. And I remember in, in one part of the interview, the interviewer asks, do you think Billy Graham ever doubted? And without skipping a beat, she said, never. And I just thought, man, what an unfortunate portrayal of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, sh I don't, I, respectfully, I'm yeah. not Billy Graham's granddaughter, but mm -hmm. like, respectfully, I just don't know that Billy Graham would say, I never doubted. Yeah. And I think there's some type of fear of admitting doubt that I've encountered with some Christians where they're afraid that if they admit that sometimes this is difficult or sometimes mm -hmm. it's not entirely clear that it will, um, it will betray like their credibility. Yeah. But I think it's the opposite a lot I of think times so too. because if we don't, if we don't acknowledge the doubt, uh, then like this singer, you're, you're a pastor who doesn't understand their human experience, you mm -hmm. know? And the fact, like, the fact that the catechism, like, think about it, the catechism of the Catholic Church that's talking about what is sure and and faithful, faithfully taught by the church, mm -hmm. 
is even addressing the topic of doubt yeah. is really cool. It's really like cool. it's really, really cool. And I, I like, or I think it's really important that the, to recognize that the catechism is constantly also trying to evangelize while mm -hmm. catechizing. Yeah. And it's constantly reproposing the heart of the Christian message, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And when you think about a relationship with, with a, a spouse, it's like, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they will ever betray your trust? Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't, but you have faith. Mm -hmm. And to, to, to tell a child like, no, I know 110% that my spouse will never betray me or, mm -hmm. or hurt me in some way. Yeah. That's a weird, you wouldn't set up your child. Yeah for any type of relationship yeah. by saying, yeah, wait, wait until you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this person won't hurt you. Like you, mm -hmm. you don't, you, you have got, to have you faith. Pretty much guarantee they will hurt you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and you have to trust, you yeah. have to, you have to have, you extend between, you extend over that chasm of doubt, a bridge of faith mm -hmm. and trust. Yeah, it's like you're choosing the person who will hurt you the most when you get married, yeah, you know, yeah. in some ways, you know, <laughs> and you will hurt the most, yeah. you know, and like, yeah, yeah. hey, are we gonna, are we gonna agree to go through this even though we're gonna hurt each yeah. other a lot? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's, Whew, it's crazy. Um, you, the, so the, I think a lot of people struggle with this because we use the word doubt to mean a few different things. And I like how the catechism kind of just delineates. Mm -hmm. This is what we're talking about. Cause you know, a lot of people will point to, there's a verse in uh, the letter of James in the new Testament where he says, you know, doubt not for he who doubts is like a wave, a wave tossed in the ocean and mm. a vapor in the wind. And, um, but I feel like a lot of people misuse that in the same way when Jesus says, don't fear, don't have any anxiety about this. People who struggle with like clinical anxiety are like, oh my gosh, I'm having anxiety. I'm having anxiety about having anxiety. And Jesus is not to have anxiety. It's like, that's, that's not what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> okay? yeah. He's not talking about never having a hard time believing something. And he's not talking about with anxiety, like never having this like chemical reaction in your brain that causes you to react yeah. to stuff. Like he's saying like with, with your will and with your mind, you know, make the choice that even though you're struggling, to choose God anyway, yeah, you know, and yeah. take that, take that step. Um, even if it doesn't always make sense in the moment. So it, um, it goes back to that, which I think is a good verse to mm -hmm. kind of counter counter this, the one where it talks about, you know, it takes every effort of your intellect, your will, your heart, and the witness of other Christians yes. to help you. Help. So it's like, it's not that I could just go, well, I doubt and I'm not going to do anything about mm -hmm. it. It's like those areas, what are we doing in those areas? Exactly. Exactly. Let's, let's get into this next song. Okay. This is Heroes and Monsters by Penny and Sparrow. The moon's gonna rise no matter what. The moon's gonna rise no Underneath my fur, but the moon's gonna rise no matter what. The waves are parts of me, they always disagree. It's so under that this body. Doesn't break. It's so wonder that this body doesn't break. Yeah, this is a good one. I remember one time going through a particularly rough patch, uh, and I remember this is this is gonna be super dramatic. I, am here I remember for it. I remember listening to this song on repeat. Laying on the roof of a car, of, of a car, our, my car. Uh -huh. That's better than somebody else's car. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, and staring up at the moon like a cold Toledo night, smoking like American spirits, and listening to this song in my headphones, like over and over again. It's a it's a moody song, mm -hmm. and it's pretty simple. It's there's not very much there there the, there aren't very many lyrics or very complicated, um, but it says the moon's gonna rise no matter what. I can feel my armor underneath my fur, but the moon's going to rise. There's a house on fire and I'm running in with an empty box of matches. I'm the one who burned it down. Um, the way the parts of me, they always disagree. It's a wonder that my body doesn't break. That's basically the, and then there's only one other change to the verse. There's a part where it says, I'm a hero and a monster. So tie me to the chair because mm. the moon's going to rise. So this idea that, um, I think this is, I don't, I don't know how, I mean, other than scripture where St. Paul talks about the flesh and the spirit 
acting against each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is such a beautiful, like, like there's so many times where I feel like as a Christian, I'm going to be the hero of my discipleship or my Christianity. I'm going to like will it, you know, yeah. but I'm running into a burning house with an empty box of matches. Cause I'm the one <laughs> that burned it down to begin with. Yep. Like, Oh, I'm going to overcome these sins that I've already planted in my life to begin with. Mm-hmm. Often it feels that way. Yeah, well, and it's because, as you said before, we often don't deal with the why. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I feel like the older I get, the more I believe this. Somebody told me this, and I, I think the older I get, the more I believe it is. Everyone who has, who thinks they have a lust problem, actually has a love problem. Like, actually has like an insecurity problem. Mm. Like, and that that could be for any sin. Is really okay. You're struggling with pornography. With really, what you're struggling with is your ability to like feel accepted and worthy. And yeah, good, communion. You know? communion. Yeah, communion. Yeah. You're seeking real intimacy, and so yes, it is a sin. Yes, it is gravely going to hurt you and, you know, has bad impacts on other people who are exploited by the practice of it and those sorts of things. But, you know, and maybe any other people you interact with and try to be intimate with, but there's also underneath that is just this, you know, I want to be loved. I don't know how to be loved. This seems to like scratch the itch a little bit, you know, and, um, you know, you're drinking out of a puddle when you really want the oasis, you know, but it satisfies a little bit for the moment. Yeah. Um, even though it keeps you at the puddle cause you're too scared to go out and actually find the real water at the oasis. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 what I was thinking from St. Paul was, uh, this is Romans seven fifteen where he says, I hate the things that I do, yeah. but I, I keep finding myself doing the things that I hate that I do. And who can't relate to that? And then he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. <sighs> And this song makes you feel that like uh-huh. you, because you could just feel like the moon's going to rise. I'm going to turn into this monster. I can feel the armor of me being the hero, mm-hmm. but the moon's going to go up no matter. Like, it's just, you feel this, um, this hopelessness. Right. And then what does he go on to say after that? He's basically, he's like a oh, wretched man that I am. And then says something to the effect of like, but there, but there's the grace of God, basically like, mm-hmm. like. We, we, you know, we read our Bible. We, we're reading the catechism instead of our Bibles, <laughs> yeah. but we'll find it. <laughs> I don't but this, I, I know that he goes, head. I don't know what literally what he says, mm-hmm. but he goes on to say like, a wretched man that I am, you know, what, like what could be coming me? And then says like, but for the grace of God, yes. like, uh-huh. but for the grace of God coming in. Cause there really is like, unless you go to the depths of describing the human experience of, of the suffering and the tearing apart where you try to do what's right mm-hmm. and you're struggling, struggling against what's wrong. Um, I think that's when the gospel message makes sense. Yes. When you can describe the hopelessness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not when you're the when you're a preacher or, or a friend who's just like, just do it, man. Yeah. Just go to church. Yeah, Jesus, say the believer's prayer or whatever. You know, or yeah. even even just well, just go to confession. Yeah. You know, like I absolutely believe no matter what, you're getting graces from confession, but like your disposition matters a lot. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and how you go to confession matters a lot. How you receive the Eucharist matters a lot. Yeah. And if you just um, look at someone and go, Hey, the dude rose from the dead, the bread's his body, what's the big deal? Like just uh <laughs> drink the drink the wine and shut up, get in the yeah. back of the pew. Uh-huh. You know, like and it's it's not that easy. Okay, so this is going to seem like a left turn, but I promise it it, it is relevant. I love less turns, left turns. Tell me how you feel about the first verse of Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, what how is sweet the sound, sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now oh, I'm found. Oh. Blind, but now I see. Specifically the word wretch. A wretch. That God, God that saved a wretch like me. Amazing Grace. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I feel like you're setting me up. Did I misquote the scripture? No, I don't think does so. Does he say a wretch like me? He uh, says a wretch, a like, wretch me. like me. Um, probably depends on the translation, but you amazing know, grace, he says a wretch. I don't know. This is my first reaction. So theological accuracy warning, <laughs> but, uh, I think I remember having a friend that got in a lot of trouble as a high school theology teacher All right. because he said that we are creatures until we are baptized. And all of the students were just, I guess, offended mm-hmm. that, that we are, we, we don't, we aren't created as sons and daughters of God. Mm-hmm. We're created as creatures. Then through baptism, we become sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, your first reaction is go, no, I'm, I'm made good. And that is mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Like we are created to be good, but we're kind of created to be good in this hopeless situation. Yeah. So I am, I'm not mad at it. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it. Have you ever heard the version, which is uh, amaz- a- uh, the amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved and set me free. That saved and set me free. They, they, they substitute that instead of that saved a wretch like me because some people think some we type, shouldn't we shouldn't be telling we shouldn't have our congregations singing about them being wretches because you know God what that reminds me of is there was a well I won't go into what group this was but there is a <laughs> group of people 
Okay, I, I heard his, uh, it was the heard Jesuits. Or, 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 I don't know. Or Opus Dei. I don't know. <laughs> we'll piss off everyone. It was some, it was some female religious, but okay. there was a, a church that, I'll tell you off air, but there was a church that the religious that were in charge or whatever, the part of the mass where you say, um, oh my gosh, uh, oh man, what's the, just say the word and my soul shall be here, healed. Yeah. What do we say? Uh, we say, um, enter under my roof. Yeah, but how's it start? Oh, oh, oh Lord, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you. Yeah. And the sister was like, we are worthy. Oh. We can't say that in mass. We can't. It's like the similar. Because he's made us worthy. Yeah. Kind of yeah. yeah. Like, how could we say we're not worthy? And it's a similar. I can see a similar issue here where you say, yeah. if you say, I'm a wretch. We're not, we're not, a. am not a wretch. And I, and I think a lot of, some of this is like a Catholic Protestant thing. Cause I think in general, Luther and Calvin were much more like, no total depravity, I'm poop, poop covered in snow, yeah. you know, and God declares us innocent, but we're definitely guilty. Yeah. Whereas the Catholic version uh, tends to be more, and this is more like St. Bonaventure and Scotus is more like, no, God created us good and we are broken and need his help to kind of get back on his team. So what I would say to your friend theology teacher is like, we are creatures because we're created by the creator. So we are creatures. Um, and in some sense, actually at the baptism I was at yesterday, the the deacon preached on this. He says, in in some ways we're, we're children of God before we're baptized, but we're almost like children of God in rebellion. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're yeah. like children of God who have not yet accepted our sonship and our daughtership. Mm. And baptism is where we are the, the family is like, we found you, you mm -hmm. know, and we're bringing you in. Yeah. Or if it happens when you're older, you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm coming back. It's the prodigal son. Yeah. You know, yeah, the prodigal, son, exactly the prodigal son was already a son, yeah. but now that he's come back, he's like, he's owned his sonship, yeah. you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and God was just waiting that whole time. And so I think sometimes the, the, the wretch part gets emphasized because we want to emphasize our need for God. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times what people hear is how wretched we are and how awful we are. And yeah. that's, that's like from the first song where the, the guy's like, come on, preacher, I already feel terrible. Why are you telling me I'm a yeah. wretch? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's this yeah. Catholic both and. Like that's what's mm -hmm. so beautiful about you can have these th these juxtapositions, these balances, these checks and balance, or not, ba not checks and balances, but these, these seeming... Uh, conflicting mm -hmm. ideas that find their find their coalescence in Jesus. There's an amazing poem that I'm just thinking of. I don't know if this is a left turn for you. <laughs> There's an amazing poem that's called Jesus, um, the coalescence of contrarities. Ooh. And it's like a real short poem where it talks about how like no one was so, um, no one was so, spoke so horribly of, of sin, but so kindly of sinners. No one like Jesus who was meek and humble of heart, but like, you know, scared the tax collectors, you know, like, and, and like, like in no man, do you find the coalescence of these contrarities? I'll find it. I'm going to, yeah, we're going to put that in the show notes. Okay, we'll really put it in the show I, notes. I feel like I've, I've heard a similar idea, maybe yeah. from Chesterton or CS Lewis, one of those smart guys. Um, that's really cool. Um, so while you're looking for that, I want to talk about the moon. Cause Go the, for it. the yeah, moon yeah. features prominently in this. And the okay. moon has for me for years been kind of like my God sign. Like kind of like when I'm going through something hard, a lot of times, like I'll just look outside and there's a full moon or there's so you think moon. the moon landing was not faked. I do not think it was okay. fake. Okay. I think the moon was put there in the sky by God specifically <laughs> to give me encouragement <laughs> in moments of hard, hard times. Um, so much so that um, I'm actually planning to get a tattoo of the fa oh. of the phases of the moon. That's cool. Right here. That's um, cool. My, my sister-in-law, shout out to Marisa, is, is already drawn it and designed it, and I, I just need to find a good tattoo artist that's going to happen. So turning 40 so next why, year, so that's my midlife tattoo. <laughs> why? That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, saving that. So why? Why? Yeah, what's with the moon? Like, So what? the moon just, one, there's a few things. One is it just kept on kind of showing up in these key moments, like moments of discernment, like when I was thinking about quitting my job of 14 years, like the moon just kind of showed up on this night after I had decided, all right, I'm going to do it. And then I walked outside and it was the biggest full moon I'd ever seen. And just like so many moments of, like that yeah. too. I think the moon is really cool as a image of, it doesn't have its own light. Yeah. It's excellent at reflecting the light of the sun. I think oftentimes that's why it's a, a metaphor for the blessed mother. Mm. You know, the blessed mother is unique in creation, but not because, you know, she's equal to God, but yeah. because she so well reflects God's grace on the world. Yeah. Um, also, I recently found this summer in the book of Sirach, chapter 37, I think, there's this uh, whole like ode to creation. And one of the sections is on the moon. So what do you, what do you get, how, how do you, how are you reading that in light of this song? Like this guy's saying the moon's going to rise. Yeah, like so the moon's going to rise, like the moon is always there. And it's even, but a lot of times you can't see it. 
and it looks different ways in different times. It's very, I didn't even think about that. The very, moon's going to rise whether you can see it or not. Yes. So it's unpredictable and predictable. Like it's, okay. it's, it's solid and rock, so, it's rock solid and faithful and it like sways the very oceans. You know what I mean? That's and, interesting. But you can't always see it. A lot of times it's obscured because it's during the day. Yeah. A lot of times it's just a little sliver you can see. Uh, there's a Gerard Manley Hopkins uh, poem where he talks about a crescent moon is like a like a fingernail clipping. You know, mm. sometimes it just looks yeah. like that. And sometimes a new moon you can't see at all. Or it's on the other side of the world, but it's always there. And so it just always reminds me of God's faithfulness. Yeah. Even though because we live in this twa crazy, twisting, topsy-turvy world, we can't always see it. But it's always there shining its light on us in one way or another, you know? So, um, and, and, and if you hear... I can feel my armor underneath my fur and the moon. I mean, fur and moon, I'm thinking werewolf. And I hadn't, <laughs> yes. I hadn't until now thought, because werewolf is with it when it's a full moon. Uh -huh. But I haven't until now thought, for some reason with this song, I always thought of it being a full moon. Mm. But I didn't think of the idea that maybe he's saying like, the moon's going to rise, whether it's a full moon, whether you can't see it, it's a half moon. Because you don't become a monster unless it's a full moon. Yeah, that's true. I like that. I'm also very furry, so I like that. <laughs> I wish I was. The French Canadian in me. Oh man. I would I would happily donate if you figured out a way to do that. So I would love to um, end your I would love to end your episode. We don't have to end now. I'm mm -hmm. having so much fun. But I, I would love to I could read the startling coalescence of contrarities. Let's do it and then we're gonna do one more song. Well, no, let's do that and we could end it on that. All right, let's is do that. that. Okay? That's great. Okay, that could okay, be okay. like closing prayer. Share so. share your song, man. Yeah, so this is my choice. Uh, a guy named Corey Wong, who's like one of my favorite all-time guitarists. He plays a Stratocaster just like I do, although he plays it way better. Um, and this this song he does with a guy named Robbie Wolfson who sings it, and it's called Light as Anything. Wolfson, I like how you connected it to the wolf. Yeah, the wolf. Uh -huh. The werewolf Very theme. good, very okay. good. This is the fire that keeps me up all night and steal it church on time and somehow I out as anything this is the sun that keeps my mornings bright that keeps my pockets tight and somehow I out as anything I'd say that life is better on my side so come and waste your time we could be light as anything look down so I wanted specifically to talk with you about this song okay. because, so this song, it talks about, this is the chorus. It says, this is the fire that keeps me up all night and still at church on time and feeling light as anything. This is the sun that keeps my mornings bright, that keeps my pocket tight and somehow light as anything. I'd say that life is better on my side. So come and waste some time. We could be light as anything. Uh, so what I see here is someone, first of all, there's lots of Holy Spirit images. There's like breath and light and fire. Um, and he talks about still getting to church on time, but it just reminds me of being a young guy playing gigs and bars and clubs and that sort of thing. I'm up all night, but I'm waking up the next morning to try to get to church. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of my friends didn't really understand why I was doing the things I was doing, why I was working a day job and still doing these creative things or like why I go to Ohio or Texas to like film these shows. And you know, like, I don't know if you ever as a creative ever feel like people look at you and are just like, that's how you choose to spend your time. Oh, 110% of the time. That's very interesting. Yes, hmm. a, hun, a thousand percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. A thousand percent of the time. People uh -huh. are like, I mean, even today, this po the podcast I run is like, multiple years old and, and it like has hardly any views and people are like, why are you still doing this? You know, like so many things. I think also if you're entrepreneurial in any way, mm -hmm. there, there are, so a, a while back I started a agency called Bummer and Lazarus. Mm -hmm. And the idea was like, there are bummers and there are Lazarus. Uh, like Lazarus, the most optimistic man, the most glass is half full or yeah, glass is half full kind of mm -hmm. type guy. Cause he's been dead. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like okay. every meal after that is a great meal. It's great. Meal. Uh -huh. <laughs> like it's better than the meal I was going to have. Right. Uh -huh. And then you have bummers, right? So you have people and, and the world needs both. They need people yeah. that are like, but how are we going to buy enough hats? You yeah. know, like mm -hmm. we need people that are like, but how are we going to get there? And if you're entrepreneurial in any sense, you're going to have a lot of people, or at least in my experience, you have a lot of people in your life that aren't. And they're like, but like what? And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I had to learn that that is not a bad thing mm -hmm. to experience that from people around you and to learn to trust that voice deep inside and, and, and to go back to discernment. Like, is this a voice I can trust? Is mm -hmm. this something I can trust? Do I know why I'm doing it? 
it, it reminds me of the story of the actor who sells everything and moves out to California to go into acting and and uh, to start, he wants to start a career as acting. And he goes to this acting coach and says, I wanna be an actor, you know, what advice do you have for me? And he says, you have no talent, you will never make it in this town. The next day, that guy shows back up because he's like, I'm gonna show this guy. I do, I do think I have it. And the acting coach says, you're gonna have a long and great career in acting. Because the point is, the point is that the type of person that is dissuaded dissuaded mm -hmm. by the by the opinion and advice of another person is someone that won't make it yeah <laughs> but the type of person that has that deep down that can be like like it, it's i mean we see this in kobe bryant michael jordan some of the greats were like deep yeah. down they had to go somewhere into that room where it's just them yep. and they had to make that decision to do it and so yeah I, I can relate a lot to that and and it you know there are times in my life i'm sure in yours where you go into that room by yourself and you decide to do really stupid things. Like you decide you're gonna be doing something and then later people are like, that was really stupid. Yeah, well, and it doesn't It doesn't always, sometimes you write a song and it's like the best song your band ever wrote. And other times you write a song and I bring it to practice and they're like, meh, it's yeah. okay. You yeah, know? exactly. And, and it's like, how do you, so if everyone's telling you this thing sucks and you really believe it's good, mm -hmm. how do you know when to keep moving forward or when to be like, they're right? Yeah. You know, like when, and, and that's something that that I've had to learn to to cultivate and and kind of you know I think another thing is just not being so hard on yourself yeah and knowing that there's a having a bigger framework under which to um, to look at it a good example is I remember one time I was getting Lumi Box was something mm -hmm. that that you know we did it for a year and a half two years mm -hmm. and then we stopped doing it and I remember someone saying I was coming up with another business idea. And I remember someone saying, you know, like, I don't know, this business idea, you know, most business ideas fail. Like they cited some made up statistic probably. It was like 80% of all business ideas, you know, fail or businesses fail. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, but the difference is uh, you're looking at whether or not this business will fail. Mm -hmm. in, in my perspective, I'm the business. Yeah. This is just the idea today. Yeah. Like I'm never gonna go out of business. Uh -huh. Like this idea might not work, and I'll pivot. Mm -hmm. So in my, f in, a, in you can have a different framework yeah. where you, they're not a whole bunch of failures. They're a whole bunch of you're trying. Yeah, there's step step one, yeah. step two. It's step like, uh, like how, how how much of what you're doing now wouldn't you you wouldn't be able to do if you hadn't done yeah. box and learned all their skills. Yeah, I can't know? tell. I can't remember if it's Thomas Edison or the guy that invented peanut butter, but it's like you know Thomas Edison tried like, you know. 2000 different ways and they were like, well, what did you learn? He's like, I found 2000 ways to not make a light bulb. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it's like, there's a, there's a shift that you can view a lot of the things you do. Like, like you can shift what you define as success. Yeah. For me, success in the podcast is not having hundreds and millions of, of views, right? For me, it was showing up and doing it, um, honing a skill, mm -hmm. having fun. Yeah. And then also I had I had a small group of the right type of people yeah. that were paying attention to it and had the impact that I wanted to have, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, so sure. I think, I think, yeah, I can relate a lot to, to that. And I, I think, I think for being a, a creative type, I think in some ways it's like a, a special kind of entrepreneurial creative type of person who just has these harebrained ideas and wants to go out and do them. But I think in another way, and I think, I think Tolkien talked about a lot of this in his writing is like, it's actually a call from God on every human heart to be creative because God is the ultimate creator mm. and each one of us is made in him, his image and likeness. Yeah. And we don't often see a lot of the things we do as creative, Yeah, but you know, my wife is a nurse practitioner. She works in a pediatric ER. Like she has to be, she thinks of herself not as particularly creative, but she has to be super creative with this kid came in. That's not breathing and yeah. we're short a nurse and this is happening. Like what are some creative ways I can work the waiting room and use the staff that I have? And do I need to call children's and who, who do I know here that I can consult with? And what, what can we do right now? What can I do in the waiting room when we don't have any rooms? Yeah. Like, it's super creative. And that is the image of God yeah. at work in her, you know, and some people are, you know, stay at home moms or stay at home dads, or they, they just work a kind of a blue collar manual labor job where they're, they're, they're taking out trash or you're, you're a student writing papers. And there's all sorts of creativity that goes into that. That isn't something that's going to get a million views on YouTube. Yeah. And it, and it takes a level of confidence to step out <clears throat> and try one of those things. And, and if I were to, <laughs> you know, and there's a balance here, we're talking about this theme about balance, but if I were to you know, embrace in any way, shape or form with it while trying to not seem prideful at all. But all the people at the beginning that you mentioned that for some reason pointed to me for something like, I just feel like 
I just feel like most of the time when I talk to people about their ideas, if I sense any doubt mm -hmm. about whether or not to try it, like I just want to, t I want to like try to give them that confidence mm -hmm. of like, of like, don't be afraid to do it. Like mm -hmm. Ryan O'Hare or other people, like people that would call me and be like, oh man, I just, I just want to get on social media, but I don't know. And then I give them this confidence. You know, this is the backhanded compliment I get all the time mm -hmm. is people will call me and go, I wish I didn't care as much as you didn't, you don't care about the, about how dumb you look basically, which is like, I wish I could just like take the big swings that you take uh -huh. and miss the way you miss and still go out. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. You know, uh -huh. but it's like, it's like that. And granted there's a balance, right? Like, yeah. like surely my advice is not for everyone to just look like an idiot online, but there's a certain level. I think most people, uh, underestimate their level of, of tolerance for mm -hmm. some misses or yeah. for some mistakes or, or honestly haven't reshifted what success means. Like, yeah. like if you say, if you look at one social media clip and you say, ah, this social media clip isn't that great. Sure. But if success looks like I want to show up every day and make one piece of content, yeah. well then you were successful mm -hmm. and like you're, you're going towards a different goal, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I feel like this is so relevant to the life of faith because one as a creative, you often feel like kind of out of step with your peers. And I feel like the life of faith requires that of us as yeah. well. Like we're supposed to be living in such a way that it also makes people stop and look and say, hmm, that's an interesting choice. Oh, like you, you like try to care for the poor. Okay. Yeah. You spend time at church on Sunday. Oh, you vote that way. Oh, you, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you don't use contraception or you, you know, you don't masturbate or you, um, you're waiting till you're married to, to have sex or, you know, you do charity work or, you know, you, you really, really care about social justice and your anti-capital punishment or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, all these things that can stand as a contradiction to our society. Um, I feel like as Catholics and Christians, we're, we're called to that too. And it should, we should be the sort of people that are brave enough to look like an idiot, to yeah. be a fool for Christ that makes people stop and say, huh, I wonder what they have that I don't have, that I don't feel the freedom to be able to do that. And, and, and I think the, the worst thing would be to live most of your life without exploring a little more the capacity for enduring those, those things mm. or, or the, the, Hey, that wasn't so badness of life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you think walking up to someone and introducing yourself is going to be so bad mm -hmm. and then you do it and you're like, man, for five years, I've, you know, for, for years, I've never done this thing that I thought would be so horrible. Yeah. And then you do it. Right. And, and oftentimes I've found it's just forcing someone to do the thing they're scared of 10 times. <laughs> like if you're scared of public speaking and you think it's going to be really, really bad, mm -hmm. I'm going to force you to do it 10 times in a row yep. to get you like over it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to look back and go, man, that isn't so bad. I'm really glad I did this. And mm -hmm. I think uh, I've just had to learn to push myself into those areas and, and just remember to be calm in that and that mm -hmm. there is something good that comes from it yeah. often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. A lot, a lot of times the things that scare you are the places you need to go. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, devil, devil's a, he's a, he's a B word like that. Yep. <laughs> you know? yep. yeah. So everyone go uh, rock climbing without safety <laughs> uh, harnesses. Start a new business <laughs> yep. and uh, yeah, make a fool of yourself. You can, <laughs> you, can right you can fly. Get on top of your house. You can fly. You can fly right now. Uh-huh. And you'll be a big hit. Um, all right. So any, anything else about any of these three songs that we feel like we need to, uh, we if need I to had unpack? to synthesize it all together, mm -hmm. what I'm hearing as we're like synthesizing it, you know, one that there's this, you know, I love that the catechism revives a little bit, this idea of the heart. Yes. The dwelling place, you know, deeper than my desires, deeper than my intellect. And even in some sense, my will mm -hmm. where, you know, uh, even where I don't even fully know myself, only God can know my heart. And it's that place where it says, this is the place where we choose life or death. Mm. There's like this, this inner room where we go, where Kobe Bryant, where Michael Jordan, where St. Francis, where say, you know, all the, you know, mother Teresa all go where you're by yourself and you have to make a decision. And I think I'm kind of hearing this theme throughout all this, that in that place, it is difficult. Yeah. Like it's difficult and you're not always going to make the right decision that there's a tearing of the flesh and the spirit. Uh, and that also that we should talk about this room. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about this place yes. and we should look for the Christian witness. We should look for other people, but also, you know, push ourselves out of our comfort zone with that decision. Yeah. That's the room where it happens. man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it. Um, 
So yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing in all these. I, I love that. So I, I told my listeners at the end that um, I told them at the beginning that at the end we would have like kind of a gospel challenge, some oh, tan- okay. some tangible ways. Gotcha. So you kind of just gave me gave one. Um, so you can give another one if you want, or you can stick with that one. But uh, just kind of one thing to take from the episode. So for me, I think I want to focus in on that kind of what we were just talking about is that courage to be kind of the crazy one to mm. the, the courage to be the fool, yeah. the courage to be the one that is going to create something new that is going to step out in faith, even when things seem crazy. Um, you know, so I, that's, that's my, that's awesome. be a little that's crazier, awesome. be a little more foolish. Uh, my, mine would be, I think one way to shift your perspective a little bit and one way to kind of go into that room and, and even heighten your ability to make decisions in that it's an ancient practice. Um, and actually the collection album that this song comes from mm-hmm. is called Ars Moriendi and it's on the art of dying. Oh, wow. And it's from a text during the black plague that they made and gave people on like how to die well oh my gosh. and how to talk to people that are dying wow. and like how to support those people. So, and it's an ancient practice, you know, or it's an old practice of memento mori. Remember your death. St. Francis de Sales has long meditations that walk through all the steps of like, you know, kind of imagining your death. But I think spending time, you know, even like five minutes or so, if you're on an airplane going somewhere, if you're in a car, if if you're somewhere where you can close your eyes and just try try to imagine in as great of detail as possible, your death, you dying. Like you are going to die tonight, you know, and then whatever feelings or decisions or priorities versus non-priorities comes up, like trying to live in that space for a little bit and yeah. see how it shifts things. And then ask yourself like, why, why, why not live mm-hmm. that way tomorrow? Wow. That's intense. Probably not while you're driving. <laughs> yeah, don't close your eyes <laughs> and think about dying yeah. while you're driving or you will Saint, die. St. Ignatius Loyola has a similar thing when he's talking yeah. about discernment. Mm-hmm. He's like, imagine yourself on your deathbed or imagine yourself standing before Christ. What decisions would you have want to make? Yeah. To, to have made in those moments. Yeah. Um, and that can often, I was, my, my wife is kind of discerning some career options right now. And that we, the other night I like pulled up my PowerPoint on St. Ignatius is like steps of discernment. And she's like, really, we're doing this? I was like, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of them is like, you know, think of the end of your life. You know, yeah. what decision will you have want to have made then when yeah. you're standing before Christ on your deathbed. So that's, yeah. that's really good. Um, so, uh, we're going to end in prayer let's, uh, let's do that. Uh, yeah, I this think, poem. Yeah. And I also think you could like, you could clip this out even cause this is great. This is like a great, this will be great, but maybe we'll, yeah. Do you want to open the prayer and then yeah, I'll just read let's, it? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, listeners, wherever you are, uh, let's take a moment and let's pray in the name of the father and the son, and the Holy spirit. Amen. He was the meekest and lowliest of all the sons of men, yet he spoke of coming on the clouds of heaven with the glory of God. He was so austere that evil spirits and demons cried out in terror at his coming, yet he was so genial and winsome and approachable that the children loved to play with him and the little ones nestled in his arms. His presence at the innocent gaiety of a village wedding was like the presence of sunshine. No one was half so compassionate to sinners, yet no one ever spoke such red-hot, scorching words about sin. A bruised reed he would not break. His whole life was love, yet on one occasion he demanded of the Pharisees how they ever expected to escape the damnation of hell. He was a dreamer of dreams and a seer of visions, yet for sheer stark realism, he has all of our self-styled realists soundly beaten. He was a servant of all, washing the disciples' feet, yet masterfully he strode into the temple, and the hucksters and the money changers fell over one another from the mad rush and the fire they saw blazing in his eyes. He saved others, yet at the last... Himself he did not save. There is nothing in history like the union of contrasts that confronts us in the Gospels. The mystery of Jesus is the mystery of divine personality. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your call that you've placed in our hearts. We ask you to help our intellect, help our will, help us find good community, a cloud of witnesses to help support us. We ask, Lord, that you give us the wisdom and the courage to know when to be a fool for you, to know when to risk it all, when to do the crazy creative thing, uh, to help us in those moments where we struggle between our flesh and what we know we should do. Help us to find the why underneath those struggles. Help us in times of doubt uh, to question in faith and not in obstinance to have soft hearts, light hearts that turn to you in our times of struggle. And Lord Jesus, we ask you for the grace to live your will today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Edmund, thank you so much for being on my show and again, welcoming me into your studio. If people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Uh, well, I would really love for people to go to the project I'm working on, realtrue.org. Um, but you, you can also find me online at edmundmitchell.com. But uh, yeah, I would love uh, for people to go to realtree.org. That's where I'm putting a lot of my energy and efforts. That's right great. Now. And especially if you are in any sort of catechesis, if you're a DRE, you're doing religious ed, you're a theology teacher, a Catholic school teacher, like real and true. Like I wish when I was teaching, I had, this yeah. is a resource. I would have used them all the time. So yeah. they're, they're awesome. If you're a homeschool, uh, you know, mom or dad, you can definitely use them with your kids. Or even if you're just looking to dive into the catechism or learn more about the Catholic faith, they're a great easy way to just kind of dive in. So I love what you're doing. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks for your, Keep yes. your podcast going. I love Thanks. this. This is one. This is a very enjoyable episode. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if you want to help our show, uh, please share it with somebody. If there's somebody who think you think would enjoy this conversation, uh, just share it with them, take a screenshot or share it on social media. So many people have reached out to me that have said that's how they found this show was just through a friend. And we've, we've uh, had an increase in growth recently the last few months. So, and that is largely due to you. So thank you guys so much. Thank you to, especially to many of our patrons who make this show possible especially uh, our patrons, uh, Emily and Tom Camberiotti, uh, Darlene and Jay McCaffrey, Lisa and Bob Tenney, Steve and Maggie Hubbard. Um, thank you to all our patrons and Carl and Melissa Gore, but especially those people who are giving at a, a little higher tier. If you want to become a patron of the show, you can go to popculturecatechism.com. We have six levels of giving. You can pick one that fits your tithe or your budget. And each one of those comes with perks. You get exclusive content that goes on with each episode. So I'm, I'm not sure what we'll do for this episode, but maybe we can give them a little extra five minutes of something ridiculous. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. stay tuned for the stay after tuned. Dark. patrons. You can find that in the awakening. Is Bob app. Tenney related to you? He is. He's my oh. dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. My, Shout parent, out to the my, my parents are patrons of the show. That's great. Yeah. So you can find all of this in the Awaken app. The Awaken app just got a huge reboot. Uh, so it looks beautiful. It's got, uh, it's it's a free app for everyone. It has a Christian prayer library, a music library with prayers in Latin and Spanish and English. It also is a hub for all the Awaken Catholic shows, including this one. It's a great Christian Catholic community. That's kind of an alternative to some of the more toxic social media out there. And then if you're a patron of any of the shows, you get access to tons of exclusive content. I put all my talks there for my, for my, speaking ministry and then of course exclusive content for each episode so thank you so much to patrons uh, and to all listeners we love you and we will see you next time